0: Yeah. It is Friday, October 23rd, here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 7 Fan Duel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauf. With me again are Tyler Syracuse and Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Tyler, tie things up for the season in the Shark Duel with your third victory. What went right for you with this Shark Duel lineup?
1: A lot of late touchdowns. (laughs) <laughs> um, that I just got pretty lucky with, especially Mike Davis. Uh, Adam. Well, no, I didn't have Adam Thielen on FanDuel. Um, James Robinson was the other one. The Jaguars were getting absolutely trounced, and he caught a late uh, quarter touchdown in garbage time. And then Steelers defense, they came in really low-owned, and they got me 18 points. So anytime your defense gets you over 15-plus, it's going to give you a pretty nice leg up on the competition.
0: Yeah, certainly your defense getting 11 more points than my Patriots at 300 less in salary, uh, were key here. I I think the big thing might have been my Tom Brady getting nothing, not nothing, but uh, being outscored by 17 and a half by your Deshaun Watson. We both had Mark Andrews in our lineups. I, I think my big takeaway, I don't really regret my lineup overall. My takeaway here is on Mark Andrews because I don't think he matches the other top tight ends in target certainty. And this game kind of revealed that to me um, when Baltimore goes run heavier, as they did against Philadelphia this week and controls the action as they did for most of the game against the Eagles. Andrews spends less time on the field. He played a season low snap share against Philly, but there have been other games where he dipped down around the 60% or even lower range. So he always obviously brings as much touchdown upside as other guys at the position, but I'm going to keep it in mind going forward that there is a little bit more risk to Mark Andrews, regardless of how weak the other team is in tight end coverage.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I, I can never get myself to pay up for tight ends in these cash type lineups. Um, my lineup is just a complete doubt. I mean, nothing went right. I guess Steelers defense is all that went right. And, and when, you know, uh, when your defense scores the most points on your team, you know, it's going to be a, a tough week. <laughs>
0: There's some bad luck in Johnny Smith leaving early
2: with an injury, too, though. Yeah, but yeah, that, it's not like that would have made a difference for me, though.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll all be back at it for round seven of the Shark Duel. We will show you on Saturday morning who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on draftsharks.com. For now, though, Jared, why don't you try to rebound by giving us a cash QB? Yeah,
2: Kyler Murray for me on FanDuel here. It's, I talked about wanting him on DraftKings. He's a lot easier to get into your lineup on FanDuel. He's 8400 bucks. Um, He's averaging twenty-seven point four Fanduel points per game this season. He has twenty-three plus in every single game. It's largely been the rushing production. Um, you know, he's averaging over twelve points per game just with his legs. So that, that's a nice start every week. And then there's obviously elevated passing upside this week against Seattle, who is thirty-first in adjusted fantasy points
1: allowed to quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Tyler, what do you, yeah. you got? I'm going to look to prioritize Russell Wilson. He's priced as the QB three on Fanduel and the QB one on DraftKings. Can- I think he's a pretty nice value on FanDuel. He's only $300 more than Kyler Murray. And I think Russell Wilson uh, has a five-touchdown game coming. And I think he's a little bit safer than Kyler because if Kyler doesn't get a rushing touchdown, he's been pretty shaky with his arm. So i trust Russell Wilson a little bit more. Uh, if I can't afford Russell Wilson, I have no problem going back to Deshaun Watson at $8,000 in, in a really good matchup against the Packers.
0: Yeah, I agree with liking that range, and I agree with the the reasoning on it, too. If I can get up to Russell Wilson, I would like to do that because I agree. I think he's safer than Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson looks good at 8,000. I'm also not scared, though, to go down – to the lower range of salary. Teddy Bridgewater at 6,800 is kind of a starting point. Gets a Saints defense that's allowed the fourth most QB points per game on the season. Justin Herbert's in the mid-range, 7,500, second in our FanDuel dollars per point at the position. And then Joe Burrow at 7,100 is just a favorite for me across formats here because I think he's got a fairly high floor in this matchup against Cleveland. Uh, can run the ball, scored twice on the ground, and also has four games of 300 yards passing. So I think there will be points coming from him this week.
2: Yeah, Bridgewater sticks out as a huge value. It's just like on FanDuel, I don't even know if you need all that savings, but it's, it's probably worth at least making a lineup with Bridgewater to see what you can fit in with him. Um, on the tournament side, I like Justin Herbert, who you just mentioned, Matt. Um, $7,500, he, he's just been awesome since taking over. He has 23-plus FanDuel points in three of his four starts. Now he gets the Jags, who are dead last in past defense DVOA and uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks they're, they're allowing a 73 percent completion rate and 8.6 yards per attempt those are both the worst marks in the NFL and the other thing with Herbert too is I think Keenan Allen Mike Williams and Hunter Henry are all nice standalone values alongside Herbert so you can stack him with I'd say two of those guys you know, pretty easily get good value on
1: them and still have a lot of money left for the rest of your uh, lineup
0: I agree with that Tyler what do you like at GPPs
1: yeah, we mentioned all the guys I like. I do like Herbert and Teddy Bridgewater in the in the cheaper range. Uh, I think we got to have some Josh Allen exposure this week. He's a guy that always plays better with the lead. He can easily have a four or five touchdown game going up against the Jets. Um, Russ Wilson, Deshaun Watson we talked about. And then Cam Newton, I think, is a pretty good GBP play this week. Even if he gets us like 200 yards passing and one or two touchdowns, with his rushing ability, he can easily have a thirty point uh fan duel week. And the Niners have given up the most rushing attempts and rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. So that's obviously pretty good for Cam who's who's been running like crazy this year.
0: Yeah. Just like we said on the DK pod, so many options at quarterback this week. You can go in many directions. I mentioned Burrow already. I love him on the GPP side as well, especially with with the Joe Mixon foot injury. I mean, we'll see whether Joe Mixon's playing, but even if he's playing, you know, there's the chance that he goes down again. 7,100 uh, is a good salary for Burrow. He's got the multiple stacking options. T Higgins is 5,700 bucks. Tyler Boyd's 6,000. AJ Green's 5,600. All three of those guys are options. I mean, AJ Green last week's game is an outlier for him at this point but we'll see whether it's a breakthrough game or remains an outlier he saw 14 targets the last time they faced the Browns uh, including multiple end zone targets so it doesn't take much for a couple of those to turn into something and make it a big game we've got two combined touchdowns for Green and Higgins among 11 end zone targets on the season and both of those came from uh, T Higgins in one game against Philly so we talked on the DK pod about the potential for Joe Burrow to have positive TD regression could come this week, could come with those two guys. And if I have Burrow at 7,100 T Higgins at 5,700 and AJ Green at 5,600, and those guys all hit, I've got a whole lot of room to pay up for um, big upside guys at other positions.
2: Yeah. I'm probably, I'm probably late to this party, but I've really started to factor in like the value on stacking partners when choosing my, you know, quarterback for tournaments. I think you know, it obviously makes a big difference when you can, you know, find a cheap stack, even if the overall value, or even if the overall upside isn't as high, if the, you know, if the upside for the value make more sense, you know, that that's a tournament uh, stack to, to play.
0: Jared, you want to start us off at running back with your favorite guy of the week?
2: Yeah. Kareem Hunt, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think, I think he's a nice value on DraftKings. I think on FanDuel at 7,100 bucks, he, you know, to me, he's a must play in cash. Um, And we've talked about the two tough DZs faced since Nick Chubb went down, Colts and Steelers. They're both top five in run defense DVOA. Now he gets the Bengals who are 23rd against the run, allowing 5.2 yards per carry. The the Browns running backs combined for 210 rushing yards and three touchdowns when these teams met back in week two. And I think, you know, Hunt's going to get the majority of the work this Sunday. Tyler, what do you like?
1: Yeah, I think uh, we, we want touchdowns on FanDuel, so definitely prioritize Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, and uh, Kareem Hunt, and I think we got a good shot at five or six touchdowns, so that's probably going to be the trio I'm going with in cash this week.
0: Yeah, I, I think if you're building lineup where you have to choose between Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara, I'll take Aaron Jones at $800 savings, but it's definitely possible to put both of those guys in your lineup. You can still have room for Todd Gurley at 6,600 or even Kareem Hunt at 7,100 in that flex spot with all the value at the other positions. We talked about quarterback. There's value at wide receiver. So we'll talk about that coming up. Um, And I'm also not looking to pay up at tight end this week unless it's Travis Kelsey. So lots of room for the savings that can help you get those guys in. I'll I'll move to Todd Gurley, and it's kind of a transition from cash to GPP. I think Todd Gurley is in play for both at 6,600. Um, but uh, especially on the GPP side because, I don't know, he's just kind of more of a a variance player at this point. He's not the stud he used to be. But scored touchdowns in four of his six games so far. He's been more good than bad on FanDuel this year. 12.7 FanDuel points or more in four of his six games. The targets have climbed over the past two weeks. That looked like the the worrisome area over the first four games. I mean, we already knew that Todd Gurley was kind of a risk-reward runner at this point, but – the receiving stuff was falling off after it was really bad last year. Been better the past two weeks. So we like that he's still involved on that front. And the offense is in way better shape now than it looked like it was even just a week ago at this time. Julio Jones is healthy. Calvin Ridley is healthy. They scored points on Minnesota. Detroit is worse on defense than Minnesota. So I think we could see a lot of points and we could, when we will see the, the league's number 30 run defense from Detroit. So it's a high upside spot for Todd Gurley.
2: Yeah, I, I feel gross because I have th- these two, you know, old crusty running backs down as tournament plays. One of them's Todd Gurley. The other one's David Johnson, um, who's 6,300 bucks on Fanduel. His passing game usage has obviously been disappointing. He hasn't topped three catches in a game all season. He hasn't topped two catches in a game since week one, but he has 16, 17, and 19 carries over his last three games. He's also tied for a second in the league with eight carries inside the five-yard line. So, you know, he's getting... The goal line looks, and then he gets this Packers run defense. Football Outsiders rates them 25th against the run. Um, They're 26th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs.
0: I think Jared's forgetting his own age by calling a 26-year-old Todd Gurley crusty and old. I know, it's sad. Tyler, what do you got on this side?
1: Yeah. I like David Johnson as well. Uh, A couple other guys below him are Justin Jackson home against the Jaguars at 6,100 Kenyon Drake's price is still good at 6,000 on FanDuel against the Seahawks Um, Antonio Gibson home against the Cowboys, 5,700. And then Jarek McKinnon is way underpriced on FanDuel at 5,500. Raheem Mostert was already ruled out. New England really doesn't have a strong defense in general. Um, they're always willing to give up rushing yards and then they kinda they're they play a bend but don't break defense. Uh, I know they've given up the six fewest uh running back points, fancy running back points, but Jarek McKinnon is way too cheap on FanDuel. So I'll be looking to roster him in certain lineups where I need savings.
2: It's- yeah, I don't feel I don't feel hundred percent confident that McKinnon's gonna be the lead back for the Niners this week just because what we saw from Jermichael Hasty. Um, late in that game last week, so I, you know, I would avoid McKinnon and Cash, even though the price is tempting. I think he's he's fine in GPPs because if he does get you know 15 carries and all the running back targets, he's going to be a great play.
0: I think it's intriguing to play a little bit of Ezekiel Elliott here too after the week he had last week. He's bound to to face much lower ownership than he would normally in this matchup against Washington. That's not scary for the rushing upside. Washington's weak at linebacker, uh, better in the pass rush. I wouldn't go overweight to use the terminology for DFS sites here for two reasons. One, I was a fat kid growing up, so I still don't like that word. And number two, Dallas run one blocking stinks. They're, they're going to have be without Zach Martin as well this week. He got a concussion. So I'm not going heavy on Ezekiel Elliott, but I think it's intriguing to pivot from either Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara to Zeke Elliott in you know a lineup or two just in case he has this angry Zeke game.
2: Yeah, I'm looking to see what um, Fanshare has his ownership at, but I mean, twelve
0: point seven percent, I think, this morning on our site.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be lower than that on Fanduel. The fact that he's two hundred dollars more than Alvin Kamara, I mean, I think Zeke's going to be single digits. I think he might be like five percent owned. So you can throw him in, you can throw him in one lineup, and you're going to be overweight on him, Matt.
0: Stop calling me overweight. <laughs> it still burns. Yeah. Wide receiver, so many attractive, affordable options here. I think my approach is going to be paying down at wideout to get to those top target um, running back plays for touch safety. Tyler, what do you like for cash at wide out?
1: Uh, Real quickly, back to running back. We have breaking news on the podcast. Joe Mixon ruled out. So, Gio Bernard is 4,800, home against the Browns. So, if if he's going to be the guy, he's going to be tough to avoid this week.
2: I mean that means I have to not play Kamara Hunt or Aaron Jones though. Yeah, it's tough.
0: Yeah, it might, uh, might might bring down the ownership a little bit on those guys because Gio's bound to carry a lot of ownership at 4,800 this week. Yep, absolutely.
1: Uh, back to wide receiver, my favorite cash game plays on FanDuel are going to be Tyler Lockett and Robbie Anderson. I think both of them are mispriced. Uh, Tyler Lockett primarily runs his routes in the slot. Uh, Arizona struggled to cover the slot, uh, giving up big games to Jamison Crowder and C.D. Lamb in their last couple. And then Robbie Anderson is just way underpriced. He's been really consistent this season with over 99 yards in four of six games. And I think his price isn't adjusted on Fando because he he's only found the end zone once and it came back in week one. Yeah, he's tied for 20th
0: among main slate receivers and salaries, 14th in FanDuel points per game, as you mentioned, despite only scoring one touchdown way back in week one, seventh among wide receivers and targets for the year, tied for fourth in receptions, second at the position in receiving yards, tied for 58th in touchdowns. Jared, it's like the exact same profile that we talked about with Terry McLaurin yesterday on the week seven preview pod. Anderson's $700 cheaper than Terry McLaurin, and he has a much better QB and much better offense.
2: Yeah, definitely a solid value on Robbie Anderson. Um, for, for me, the first guy in my cash lineup of wide receiver is DK Metcalf. And I I definitely get playing Tyler Lockett over him in tournaments because Lockett's probably going to be like half the ownership. But I, I definitely prefer Metcalf for $100 cheaper on Fanduel. I just think, you know, he's the better touchdown bet. He, he has five touchdowns in his five games this season. You know, just looking back at his last 16 games, he has 11 touchdowns. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I just think he's like a thousand bucks underpriced at just 7,300.
0: Here makes sense. GPP side, my two favorites are Mike Williams, 5,900, Deontay Johnson, 5,800. They're just my favorite combos this week of price, of upside, matchup, single digit ownership rate that is going to help um, both of them if they pop for us in, their, in our lineups. Johnson, we mentioned before is practicing in full for the first time all year. So even though he's coming off two straight games where he left early with separate injuries, it looks like he's back to full health. And a healthy Johnson had 10 and 13 targets in the first two games this season, nine more total targets than Juju Smith-Schuster over those two games. Likely still ahead of Chase Claypool in playing time. You know, we'll see about usage, but I'm not worried about Chase Claypool's emergence in terms of effect on Deontay Johnson's playing time or opportunities. The Tennessee defense, much better versus the run than the pass. Potential shootout here, so that only helps everybody involved. And Williams, we talked about on the other pod, we talked about him with Justin Herbert. He's already showed us the feeling before the buy, so the numbers are there. This matchup's even better than the New Orleans matchup was. I think both of these guys are not only attractive for GPP lineups, but also priced low enough to be in play for cash lineups here.
2: Yep, I'm with you there. I like both those guys. Um, I like Christian Kirk as well in that um, Arizona-Seattle game on Sunday night now. You know, he's just $5,400. he sort of come to life the last two weeks um, in – Good matchups, obviously has a good matchup here against Seattle. They're dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Seattle's allowed the most catches and most yards to wide receivers, despite already having their bye week. That's That's how bad they've been.
1: <laughs> Tyler, what you got? I think Stefan Diggs is an elite GPP play on Fando this week because he's sandwiched in between so many chalkier options with the um, Seahawks, wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, and then uh, more expensive options. I think he's going to come in way under-owned this week. And he's been really good with Buffalo. He has over 85-plus yards or a touchdown every game on the season. Nobody on the Jets can cover him. He's seen 22 targets more than the next closest bill. And he's just such an easy stacking option with Josh Allen. And then you could run it back with Jameson Crowder, who scored or caught seven p- balls for 115 yards in a touchdown in week one against the Bills. Uh, just monitor his status, make sure he he practices today because uh, he didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday with a groin injury.
0: Yeah, definitely going to have to watch Jamison Crowder. One more number one receiver who's kind of lost in ownership this week is A.J. Brown, 6,800, very affordable still for a clear number one wideout. Projected for 3.5% ownership as of Friday morning. The the matchup is good for him, though. The Steelers are just okay in coverage. Football Outsiders has them 28 against number one wide receivers specifically. So it's a positive matchup even for A.J. Brown. And we mentioned before on each of our last two podcasts, Ryan Tannehill, best in the league under pressure this season. So he he is equipped to deal with the pass rush from Pittsburgh, could be looking even more often to A.J. Brown uh, than he might otherwise be. And we've already seen the upside. We saw a few touchdowns last week. So I think A.J. Brown's uh, solid this week.
2: Yep, like him as a tournament play. at tight end, Jared, where are you starting so, I mean, it's worth noting that Travis Kelsey actually checks in as the top dollars per point value, despite the fact that he's 7,900 bucks. And he's not as strong a value on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings. Um, so I probably will end up getting to Kelsey in Cash. I like either TJ Hawkinson, for 5,900 bucks, or Hunter Henry for 5,800 bucks. Um, you know, to me, Henry feels a bit safer. He's seen more targets. He has seven-plus targets and four-plus catches in four of his five games this season. He has a nice matchup. Against the Jags, who are 23rd in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings. Um, Hawkinson, maybe a bit maybe a bit more upside. Um, I think Henry has upside, too. Hawkinson, maybe not as safe. Hasn't seen quite as good target volume, but his volume's been okay. He's also seen a lot of work uh, near the goal line. He's tied for second in the league with six targets inside the 10-yard line. And the Falcons have been the worst defense against tight ends this season. So, um, excellent matchup for T.J. Hawkinson.
0: Yeah, I think they're pretty similar in upside, and Hunter Henry's the the safer bet for targets. I like those guys as as, as the starting point. I think Austin Hooper down at 5,400 is also in the same range, uh, especially if I need a little bit more savings down from the 5,800 for Henry, 5,900 for TJ Hawkinson. Tyler, where are you going for cash at tight end?
1: Yeah, I'm going to need to contact some sort of tight end whisperer or something because tight end is looking really, really bad this week. Uh, I do like Travis Kelsey and Hunter Henry. The only cheap option I think I'm considering is Eric Ebron. I was extremely overweight on him last week. He's sitting down at 5.1 thousand. With the emergence of Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson back in the lineup, he only saw a couple of targets last week, but the Titans are a good matchup for tight ends. And he's a pretty good red zone option. So if we're just looking to squeak out a touchdown, I think we could play Ebron in cash or GPPs.
2: Yeah, Titans have allowed a tight end touchdown in four of their five games this season. So Ebron, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not using Kelsey Henry or Hawkinson in GPPs, Ebron would be the next guy I'd consider.
0: Mm, I like Hooper better on the cash side because I think he's a much better target bet. But I, I like Ebron in general. I have him down for GPPs. Fifty-one hundred is a great price. You guys mentioned the matchup. Tennessee third worst in tight end coverage according to Football Outsiders. It's the second best matchup on this slate. For the week by our adjusted fantasy points allowed and we mentioned before it looks like a shootout which should only help the target counts for everybody involved um jared what else do you have for a gpp end?
2: yeah that was it it's um e- ebron hawkinson henry and kelsey would be the four guys i'll consider for for tournaments
0: tyler you too. yeah that's it over at flex then tyler what are you favoring
1: it's looking like it's definitely going to be a running back uh, with Gio Bernard opening up and then Alvin Kamara in an elite spot and Aaron Jones in another good spot. So we just really want to capitalize on touchdowns. So most likely a running back tight end is really bad. So no, no double tight ends this week. Um, there's a lot of good wide receivers in play as well. Uh, the top price guys have really good matchups. Um, could always, you know, I think it's going to be pretty viable to stack that Cardinal Seahawks game. Russell Wilson, Lockett, Metcalf, and then maybe play Hopkins in the flex. Um, so that's definitely an option this week. But most likely it's going to be uh, a running back in probably 80 to 90 percent of my, my lineups at the flex. I agree with all that. I think Gio Bernard coming in now
0: um, makes it even easier to avoid David Johnson, James Robinson. They're just kind of in this range where I don't think they're as safe as they seem based on their workloads.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Um I agree with all the names Tyler mentioned. But, but I guess the one guy we haven't talked about yet I'd consider is Debo Samuel who's just 5400 bucks. You know, he's back to full playing time now. I think the Pats are going to, you know, do their best and really focus on taking George Kittle away um from the Niners' passing game on Sunday. So that, you know, could push a bit more action towards Debo Samuel. I, th- I just think he's underpriced at 5400. I'll throw
0: in Clyde Edwards-Elber for uh, consideration as well. We'll see if Le'Veon Bell's playing. If he if Bell's playing and I would assume that he is, but you know Andy Reid hasn't committed to it yet, then it's an iffier spot, but that would probably also bring down CEH's ownership. Yep. On defense, our top 2 in fan dollars per point are Washington at 3800, Dallas at 3700. Both certainly fine in this upside matchup. I would like to try, though, to get to the Chargers at 4,500 against the Jaguars. Jacksonville is the fourth best scoring matchup on the main slate for defenses. And there's a real chance that the Chargers jump out to a lead here, I think. Build up some sack and turnover upside. Defense is getting healthier, we mentioned on the other show. So I really like this spot for the Chargers and not too expensive.
2: Yeah, It's probably going to be Washington for me in cash games, you know, just a Injury-wrecked Cowboys offensive line against Washington, who is third in adjusted sack rate. So I, I like the, you know, sack upside there. I like the Chargers for tournaments, and then I, I think the Steelers are just always in play for tournaments. They're 4,300 bucks. You know, they're, they're just – they're everything we look for in in a fantasy defense with the amount of
1: pressure they get. Tyler, what you got? Yeah, I was basically going to say the exact same thing uh, Jared just did. It's going to be Washington and cash. I do like the Chargers, and then you got to get exposure to the Steelers just with their ability to generate pressure. Uh, they lost Devin Bush for the season with ACL injury, but they still have a lot of guys that could get after the, the pass. Um, Cleveland is, like, way overpriced on FanDuel. I'm um, just noticing their prices, is uh, defense number three, uh, which makes them even more enticing on DraftKings, but um, – and you could play Buffalo on Fanduel too. They're a little more affordable over here, sitting at just five thousand. And uh, I mean, the Jets just got shut out by the freaking Dolphins, so <laughs> those are in play on Fanduel too. Yes,
0: yeah, so I think it's possible to get to the Bills, and even in a lineup that you don't otherwise hate at five thousand here. I think the Chiefs at forty six hundred, or one more to throw in, uh, despite. The Patriots d not hitting the ceiling last week against Denver. I, the the Broncos remain a high upside matchup for defenses. They still threw two interceptions, allowed two sacks on just twenty seven dropbacks <laughs> to New England last week. Yep. And before we head out of here, Tyler, what do you like on the betting front?
1: I like New England minus two. I and they're coming off a pretty embarrassing loss against the Broncos at home. I think they're going to bounce back in a pretty big way. I don't think the Niners defense is good and I think Belichick is going to scheme up stopping George Kittle. So I like the Patriots and then I'll throw out a six point teaser again. Actually we'll do six and a half point teaser Seattle and the chargers. So you get the chargers down to uh, a point and a half and then you get Seattle plus three feel pretty good about uh, Seattle this week. Talked a lot about that. And then I think the chargers could easily beat the Jaguars this week. So New England and then six point teaser, six and a half point teaser with Seattle and the Chargers. Jared, what do you like this week?
2: I got two here. Um, I like the under in the 49ers Patriots game. It's 44 and a half. Um, Now, I think Belichick, just knowing Jimmy Garoppolo, I think I think that's going to be an advantage. I I think the Patriots defense is going to give the Niners offense a bunch of trouble here. And I, I just don't think the Patriots offense is capable of scoring a bunch right now I think this game is going to be played in in the low 20s Um, so I like the under there then my last one super ugly Um, wouldn't want to watch the game if I bet it but I like the Bears plus six against the Rams Um, I I just I don't trust Jared Goff against that Bears defense to, to score enough points to you know cover to cover six points
0: that's funny, because I'll take the Rams to cover the minus six at home. I've got that down here. Again, it. That's that's, that's right. back on it. it sounds like we should. Right. You know, LA is the fifth best scoring defense in the league. It's a number five overall defensive DVOA. So I think that even if we get a game like against the Giants, where the Rams don't score a bunch of points, I still just think, I don't think the Bears can score enough points to beat this line on the road in this game, so... Yeah, let's do it.
2: it Sounds like we should bet the under in that game too then. Um, Nah, I'm not getting crazy with those. (laughs) No, 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 yeah. I'm just saying in general, it sounds like we think it's going to be low scoring. But yeah, let's let's, uh, do a six pack on uh, I got Bears plus six. You got it.
0: And then the other one, my favorite pick overall this week is betting the Panthers plus seven and a half at New Orleans. I just think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think the Saints are good enough to beat this team by eight plus points. And I think Carolina is capable of winning this game outright. So if I believe that that's the case, then seven and a half point line is just a gimme. Sounds good to me. Well, that'll do it for this Week 7 Fan Duel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. Get some cash game recommendations from Kevin. Get some tournament picks from Tyler. He will also give you his favorite stacking options for this week. Check out the lineup generator and build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and imported player salaries. And then come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in Round 7 of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at DS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I, and I am at DS. that's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smoller, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.